Hey, DCL fans. If you're thinking about taking a Disney cruise vacation, or any other Disney vacation for that matter, consider booking your trip with us. We are an independent travel agent affiliated with Mickey World Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. Our services are completely free, and you'll receive an onboard credit up to $1,000 just for booking with us, which can be used for shore excursions, spa treatments, shopping, and much more while you are aboard your Disney cruise. We also have a wealth of cruising experience to help you answer any questions or concerns that you might have. If you're interested, send us an email at wes at mickeyworldtravel.com. And now, on to the show. Welcome to episode number 26 of the DCL Dude Podcast and the one-year anniversary of this show. My name is Wes, and I first want to just take a second to say thank you to everyone who has been a part of this show over the past year, and a special thank you to all the listeners out there. When I first thought about starting this show long before a year ago, I, I, don't, I don't think I would have imagined that I'd have this much fun doing it and would learn... Um, and would learn so much about the world of podcasting. And it, it's definitely been uh, challenging at times, but I hope that I have created something that, uh, that you enjoy and that you, you look forward to hearing uh, every other week. So how was everyone's week? Did you book a reservation on opening day? I was, uh, I was actually surprised to see <laughs> how crazy it seemed to get, particularly with the Hawaii sailings. I definitely did not expect that the the two sailings would sell out before the the bookings were even open to the uh, to the general public. I, I can't say I can't say that I remember the Hawaii itineraries being that popular when they were being offered uh, a few years ago, and I was also a little bit surprised by the pricing as well. I, I very much expected them to be priced like the the longer Alaska sailings or the uh, eleven night Southern on the Fantasy, but the prices uh, that I saw seemed to be pretty reasonable. So I don't know if you all felt the same way about that. And also, I, I did. I have started to see that some of the uh, the holds have started to be released. So if you're looking to book one of those itineraries, I would definitely suggest trying to do that as soon as possible. Um, as uh, hopefully more and more continue to open up for those who uh, weren't able to book one. But um, my advice definitely would be just keep trying. Uh, you, you never know if uh, something might open up the next time you go and, and look for one. So I also wanted to uh, just mention quickly a couple uh, housekeeping items before we get into today's topic. So first, my family and I will be setting sail in a couple weeks uh, at the beginning of November. So if you want to follow along on our trip, be sure to follow me on Twitter at the DCL dude. Um, <laughs> I've hopefully resolved my connectivity at sea issues, so uh, I'm I'm planning to and hoping to be able to post more frequent updates on our on our trip. And next, I'm 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 looking forward. Uh, excuse me, I'm looking for some people to come on the show. So, uh, if you have ever sailed by yourself 
or if you have done a back-to-back cruise. I, I'd love to have you on to, to talk about those experiences. Um, if that's you, send me a message on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Dude Podcast. The, uh, the, last time, <laughs> the, the, the last time I requested guests like this, I, I got a, a ton of responses, which I was uh, very happy about. Um, but this time I'm, I'm just going to go with the, the first one that, that I received. So, uh, if that's you send me a message and I'd love to have you on, but I do definitely want to say a big thank you in advance to anyone and everyone who is willing to come on. It means, it means a lot to me. Um, and with that being said, if you have any, if you've had any kind of special or unique experience aboard a Disney cruise line ship, um, or, you know, if you just want to tell me a topic that you want to hear, uh, if you, if there's something that you want to hear about, I'd love to, uh, t- to know that. And I'd even welcome you on the show to, uh, to discuss with me. So, um, just, just let me know if there's uh, if there's something that you want to hear. All right, so let's get to today's show. Uh, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about staterooms, and <laughs> you may you may be getting a little bit more than uh, than maybe you want or that you uh, you ask for, but um, I, we're gonna we're gonna get into it and talk all things staterooms. So I've mentioned before that Disney Cruise Lines staterooms are some of the largest in the cruise industry, and we're um, we're designed from the beginning with families in mind, but but when you're going to book a cruise, how can you tell the difference between all the different stateroom categories, and and which one is best for your family, and what kind of amenities are available in Disney's staterooms? These are these are the some these are some of the topics that we'll uh, that we'll touch on throughout this episode. So first, let's let's start with the basics. Obviously speaking, there are really four broad stateroom categories that you can choose from on a Disney cruise. So you have your inside staterooms, you have your ocean view staterooms, your ocean view staterooms with verandas, and also your concierge staterooms. And within each of these categories, there are 12 different subcategories for you to choose from, which are numbered 4 through 11 for the non-concierge staterooms um, and R through V for the concierge staterooms. And then don't even get me started with the with the lettering of, of each of these categories beyond that. So so once you've once you've decided on the general type of stateroom that you want to book, you know your inside, your ocean view, your veranda, um, and we'll get to concierge in a, a little bit later. But once you've decided, how can you tell the difference between say the the a, a category four ocean view with a veranda and a category six ocean view with a veranda, and what is the difference? Um, so I, 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 I saw this analogy somewhere online, and I, I really liked it, so I'm going to pass it along uh, here. If you, if you think about the movie Titanic, <laughs> I know, a, a little bit of a rough start for, for an, an, an analogy when, uh, when doing a, a, a podcast about cruises, um, but <laughs> in the movie Titanic, Rose was a first-class passenger and was afforded all the luxuries that she could imagine. Fancy dinners, upscale accommodations, access to private spaces on the ship. And Jack, on the other hand, was a third-class passenger and had a room on the lower deck, which obviously wasn't nearly as fancy and didn't offer the, the same level of benefits. So Rose, who was in the first class, 
had the lowered numbered class uh, and therefore the nicer room. So if you apply this same logic to the Disney ships, the the lower the number your stateroom category, the better, more pricey uh, your room is going to be. So going back to my original example of a category four stateroom with veranda versus a category six stateroom with veranda, the category four is going to be larger. It's pr it, it's probably going to accommodate more people, and it's probably going to be on a, a higher deck than the Category 6s. So it's just kind of a quick rule of thumb to, to keep in mind. It makes it a little bit easier to, uh, to distinguish between the different, uh, different categories. So now that you got that down, you will also notice when you go to book a stateroom that there will be different types of staterooms within a general category. For example, the Category 11 staterooms are called standard inside staterooms. The Category 10s are called Deluxe Inside Staterooms. And also within the Ocean View and Veranda categories, you'll notice the words Deluxe and Family, and, uh, excuse me, and Deluxe Family. So what's the difference between these? The standard inside staterooms are, are going to be the most economical staterooms on the ship. So regardless of which ship you're sailing on, the standard inside staterooms are going um, to be your cheapest options. So these will be interior staterooms. They'll have uh, no natural light. And they'll probably be on one of the lower decks, but we'll we'll include mostly the same amenities as the um, as the other staterooms around the ship, just with a, a smaller amount of space. And when I say mostly the same amenities, I, I mean that these staterooms will will have a traditional bathroom in them rather than the the split bath that's included in the uh, in the rest of the staterooms around the ship. So so your toilet and your shower will all be in one room in these standard inside staterooms. The Deluxe Inside, Deluxe Ocean View, and Deluxe Ocean View with Veranda Staterooms, uh, which are your Category 5, 6, 7, 9, and 10 staterooms, uh, will have a larger amount of space uh, and the, the desirable split bathrooms. And, and, and finally, the Deluxe Family Staterooms, so for both Ocean View and Veranda, uh, naturally these are going to be a little bit larger uh, than the Deluxe Staterooms. So these are typically... Uh, size to accommodate a family of five, whereas the, the standard uh, staterooms are, are for, generally speaking, for uh, families of four, although it goes down to families of three as well. So what do those letters mean? So you have, say, your, your category 6A or your category um, 8B or whatever the case may be. The, the, the short answer really is who really knows. So while the general rule of thumb is that the closer to a, the better the stateroom, but this this can all be very subjective and kind of based on your personal preference. So on the fantasy and the dream, the closer to the letter, the closer the letter is to A, uh, seems to seems to suggest that you'll have a higher deck number, um, and vice versa. The fur, the further away you get from A, however, on the magic and the wonder, you'll find you know category four E's on deck eight. So that seems to uh, be a bit contradictory. But when you go to book your cruise, uh, honestly, at, at that point, it will more than likely be about personal preference and uh, and where there are available staterooms on the ship. So the only time that I really pay attention and my family really pay, pays attention to the letters is, is when it comes to the, the Category 5 E's uh, on the Dream and the Fantasy, which is my favorite stateroom category across the whole fleet and I don't really I don't really like revealing that because I don't want to be competing with all of you when it comes to booking time but um, but it helps to make my point so uh, so there you go
Let's talk about the different veranda types too, because this, this can often be a source of confusion as well. If you're going to reserve a stateroom with a veranda, you might see options for an oversized private veranda. So these are your category uh, 4E and 5E staterooms on the Dream and Fantasy. You might see Navigator's Veranda, which are your category 7As, and you might see white wall verandas, which you might find in categories 5E, 6A, and 6B. The oversized private verandas are going to be at the very aft of the ship uh, and are going to have some extended balcony space. Th these are awesome. These, again, these are my favorite rooms on the ships. The navigator's verandas are, are somewhat enclosed with large open air portholes. So you'll walk out onto your veranda, uh, but there will be somewhat of, a, of an, an obstructed view with white walls of, uh, of the exterior of the ship where the, the porthole is not cut out. So it's basically a, a large porthole cut out, but in your, your, your veranda is there. But uh, you will have some wall space that kind of obstructs your view a little bit. And finally, a white wall veranda is um, are those that have full balconies, but uh, have solid white walls from the deck to the railing instead of those clear, hard, plasticky ones. Um, so those are your different types of verandas. And then moving on to the concierge categories. So these categories are not numbered, but are rather lettered instead. So for concierge staterooms, uh, you'll find letters R, S, T, and V. But really the same principle applies. So the closer to the letter A, so in other words, the lower letter, the better the stateroom. So for concierge, your category V staterooms are your deluxe family staterooms with veranda. Category T are the one-bedroom suites with veranda. Uh, category S are your two-bedroom suites with veranda. Uh, and these these suites accommodate five to seven people um, and have tons of space with, with separate living and dining areas throughout the, the stateroom. So uh, pretty cool. And then, of course, the category R is the is the granddaddy of them all, the royal suites with veranda. So the <laughs> the highlight for me with these particular suites is the is the private whirlpool tub on the veranda. So talk about sailing in luxury. That would be uh, quite the quite the treat to be able to uh, sail in one of those staterooms one day. Not sure if uh, we will ever have the chance, but uh, for those of you who have or will, uh, I am very jealous of you. So we kind of went through a lot there, and I apologize that that was kind of a lot of technical information, and hopefully it was helpful <laughs> and I didn't bore you to death. Um, so how do you decide which stateroom category is right for your family? So the answer to this question obviously is it depends so not a not a great not a great answer and definitely can't give anything definitive but probably 95% of the time i would say this decision is purely based on the on your budget um but beyond that there are a couple other factors to consider as well obviously the size of your family is one consideration um, the majority of the staterooms, like I mentioned, uh, on the ship were designed to occupy a family of four. The larger deluxe family staterooms will uh, accommodate a family of five. And beyond that, the only staterooms that will accommodate a family larger than that are the, the one and two bedroom concierge suites. Um, and even those have, have occupancy restrictions. So you'll definitely want to uh, 
make sure you're you're uh, sorting all that out before you book your cruise. So if your family or travel party is larger than that, you'll you'll have to make some decisions. So um, connecting rooms obviously is one option that's available to you. All four of the ships in the fleet have connecting rooms, so rooms that are right next to each other with a an interior door that goes between the two, so you don't have to leave your stateroom to to go next door and visit um, the your travel party. Um, and what's really cool is is if you have one of these connecting rooms and also have a veranda. You can also share the veranda space as well. So all you got to do is is call down to guest services, and they'll send someone to uh, to your room to open the partition between the the two verandas. And this this can happen for as many consecutive staterooms that your family has uh, sharing the veranda. I mean, um, but only two adjacent rooms can be connecting on the interior, so you can't have uh, more than that. And another thing that I see a lot of families do is reserve an exterior stateroom and also an interior stateroom right across the hall. So typically this is so so mom and dad can have a, a more luxurious experience and the kids who really just need a place to, stay, to sleep because they're going to be up all hours of the day um, so they can have their own kind of less costly space. So I see that happen a lot. Um, keep in mind though that if that is the way that you're going to go uh, when you book the rooms. At, at least one adult has to be on uh, both reservations. So what else should you consider when figuring out which staterooms to book? Location on the ship can be a big factor for some families. It's it's kind of generally believed that the, the closer you are to the middle of the ship, the, the less likely you are to feel the effects of the ship's movements. Um, in other words, if you're worried about getting seasick, some might recommend finding a room midship. However, I can say from personal experience that I, I haven't felt a, a significant difference between a forward, a mid, or um, an aft room. So uh, take that advice with a grain of salt. I, I see a lot of people mention that, so it, it does seem to work for um, people and um so if you're really sensitive to, to motion sickness or seasickness, I definitely would recommend you know trying to find a, a midship uh, stateroom. Um, and another common belief is that if you book an aft room, you are more likely to be impacted by the ship's engines throughout the course of your sailing. So you might hear the noise or feel your bed vibrating a little bit or be able to smell if you know if you have an exterior stateroom, smell the uh, the exhaust of the engine. So I do believe this to be true, but I, I also don't think that it, you know, it's overly invasive. So my family prefers the aft stateroom, so it, it, it's never been a, a reason for us not to book one. But I would I would definitely say that you do um, experience those things when you're when you're sailing in those staterooms. The location of your stateroom obviously also determines your proximity to the important places around the ship, um, and quite frankly, the amount of walking that you'll have to do throughout the course of your sailing. So if you're on a higher deck, you're going to be closer to the pools and the other on-deck amenities. And if you're on a lower deck, you're going to be closer to the, the main dining restaurants and, uh, and the other lounges and the entertainment areas. So um, the same is also true for the forward versus aft cabins, port side versus starboard side. You'll, you'll have to, to weigh what's most important to you in terms of uh, selecting where on the ship you you want to stay, and 
like I mentioned before, many times this will <laughs> this will basically be be decided for you based on cost and availability. But to the extent that you have a choice, you'll you'll want to factor all these in uh, to your decision. And at the end of the day, your stateroom really becomes your home away from home while while you are on your vacation. So you're going to want to make sure that you, you're comfortable with the decisions that you make. It's it's likely, too, that you won't be spending a ton of time in your stateroom, but you'll you'll definitely want to consider uh, you'll, you'll definitely want to consider all those things when making your decision. And regardless of which stateroom you choose, I you can be com- comforted um by the fact that that your stateroom was designed with your family in mind, so Disney does its best to to accommodate all your needs, and um, your staterooms will have all your basic necessities like cable television with uh, on-demand options, charging ports for all your gadgets and accessories, clothes hangers, a dirty laundry bag, and and a place to keep things cold. Although, if you have medicines that you that must be kept cold, I, I you might want to. Uh, to let them know that ahead of time so that they they can make sure you have the appropriate accommodation so uh, that's that's always something to keep in mind if you're uh, if you're traveling and also when you have a full stateroom it can often feel really cramped so my recommendation is is to just get as much of your luggage out of the way as possible when we take our cruises we like to to fully unpack and use all the available storage for all the stuff that we bring that way we can store our luggage under the bed or in the closets and really just forget about about them for the rest of the trip and if you stowed it it can it can it can be kind of a pain to to take back out from under the bed or in the closet wherever you've stored it um which is why it's so nice to just go into a drawer or into a cabinet to get your clothes um the same way you would at home the other thing that i love about disney cruise line staterooms uh is the the opportunity to to decorate your door so i have no idea if, if this is something that other cruise lines allow you to do but this is something that that really helps families kind of personalize their staterooms um, if you've sailed with Disney, obviously you know exactly what I'm talking about. And for many years after I first started cruising, the, the door decorating didn't seem to be overly popular. I mean, I, I it's possible that my my memory is just foggy about it, but I don't remember it being um, a big deal. But now it feels like there are are fewer people that don't decorate their doors than there are people that do. So it's kind of fun to walk around and, and see all the creativity that the different families have. Um, if you do decide to decorate your stateroom door, keep in mind that there are a few rules. First, you cannot use any sort of adhesive. So tape, removable gel, command strips, anything like that, do not use those. Uh, these adhesives damage the finish on the doors, and you're going to get a fee on your, on your, uh, on your bill when you, when you go to leave. And next, um, any sort of over-the-door hangers or anything like that are prohibited. So nothing that hangs over um, from the interior and you close the door. Don't do that. These, these they're worried about scratching the paint on the doors. So we don't want to do that. And um, if you do want to decorate your door, just use magnets. There's tons of different options to hang things with, with magnets. Um, and they make different magnets for all sorts of, of purposes. So you can hang battery-powered string lights, you know, pictures, whatever on your door. Just make sure you, you don't use anything that uh, is going to damage the doors. And, of course, the, the more doors that get damaged, the, the more likely Disney will be to stop uh, allowing guests to decorate their doors. So just uh, just follow those rules so that everyone can continue enjoying the, the door decorating. 
Um, so that's that's really just a, that's about it that I wanted to talk about for staterooms. Um, regardless of which stateroom you choose, I can just about guarantee that you will feel right at home in whichever category you choose, and and your your stateroom hosts will definitely have a lot to do with that. They uh, they really are miracle workers, but uh, that's for that's for another episode. So what do you think? Did I did I miss anything? Did I cover everything about staterooms? Um, what's your favorite stateroom category or, or stateroom location? I told you mine. Um, I'd love to hear from you. So don't forget to, to check out our Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow us on Twitter. And uh, if you liked the episode or enjoyed the podcast, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Uh, I really, really appreciate those. So I hope you enjoyed this discussion. And thanks so much for listening. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dcldudepodcast. Please feel free to ask a question or leave a comment or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes uh, and leave me some feedback. And of course, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening.